So, like, what's happening? Yeah, like, what, what the fuck? When last we saw our heroes, you had traveled here from that weird labyrinth with Chadamus Duchug III and his trusty Firefly companion. However, due to some change in the arcane nature of the ley lines that allow magic to work here, probably due to the fact that the tree was attacked in the Court of Radiance. There was something wrong with the teleportation to the gate in the Court of Influence, and Chad got horrifically injured trying to perform the spell because somebody rolled a natural one. And so he came through basically near unconscious. Pandora has been here before and notices that there is something wrong with this gate. This is not right at all. You guys made your way down a hallway where you fought some strange creatures who were part of what seems to have been an attack on this place. The shape changer thingy? Yeah. Yes, you encountered a bargist, a fiendish shape changer who tried to make you believe that they were a goblin librarian on the run from these enemies in order to close distance with you, but you were not having it. And he ultimately transformed back into his true form, this strange, horrible lupine figure, a bad excuse for a wolf, a wolf designed by committee. <laughs> and you also fought off a group of dretch, just little anthro pig bad boys. With your foes dispatched, you heard the sound of battle in the distance and carefully made your way down the hall to the center of the tree. Carved into the inner wood of this tree, you see balconies on balconies on balconies stretching up to the crystal domed stained glass ceiling, the center of their sacred grove, the Court of Influence. The whole place had been thrown to ruin. You could hear the distant sounds of battle and running about the halls. You came here looking for answers as to how to defeat your foe and how that foe might be trying to use the intrinsic power of the Feywild to achieve their own dastardly ends. So even though you've come here for research, it appears you may have a different challenge as well. Wait, 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 just to clarify. So we're coming to this place because we're looking for answers, but we hear people fighting inside? Exactly, Endo. You came here expecting to do a little light book reading and research under Chad's watchful guidance, but are finding that this place is under attack. But the reason that you came here was to get more answers about the sect of the Dark Mother, to learn about planar magic and ley lines and how weakening the ley lines might have an effect because the last thing that you had heard from Itzhak was his mad ravings that the Feywild is basically a prison for magic. Itzhak Mindhook Killer was the spindly Goliath. Correct. Good notes, Pandora. Thank you. So for Endo, there is this sort of B plot <laughs> that is about the fact that your missing brother, Nivane, you found out that he knew Itzhak, that they were a part of this party who fell into line with the cult of the Dark Mother. Itzhak mm -hmm. revealed during your encounter that he was close to your brother and that at some point your brother realized that he did not align with what they were trying to do and betrayed them and ran off. And... I have not told you yet that I know your brother, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't recall that. I feel like I would have remembered that. Okay. There's been a lot of looks and a lot of like, wait a second. I was gonna say, I feel like there's been plenty of eyeballs, but I don't know if we actually <laughs> said anything aloud. <laughs> Didn't we have a thing, like a theory, because we had not seen the Court of Hunger or the Court of Influence, and we were wondering if their thing has been wrecked? Hmm. Because if it's just an attack on the Court of Radiance, well, then that's like a solvable Different. problem. Yeah. But if it's people weakening these hearts, each court, each court has its own like crystal center and that you guys thought that if this one were under attack, that it might be a sign that there's something greater afoot as opposed to just like some guy not like in summertime. Will you remind me what the Court of Influence's like thing is? As members of 
the society in the Feywild, there are some things that all of you would know. You would know that this court is governed by a circle of Owlin magi who collect and harbor and store knowledge. However, the potential negative side of that, depending on who you talk to, is that they hoard knowledge. They only let it out to those they feel are deserving. There is also an Academy of Arcane Arts that is housed within this court, this mage tower. They are also the guardians of these teleportation gates around to the different courts of the Feywild, but also to the prime material and other planes as well. Yeah, Daria probably thinks these guys are all nerds. I think the most most important question, where is where is Malachi? I thought Malachi was taking care of Chad. I put them in my pocket, but then I when the fight started, I told Malachi to go hide. Right. You did tell them to hide. They couldn't really find an out to get beyond where you guys were fighting your fiendish foes. But once you had dispatched them, they followed along cautiously behind you. And Chad's still all fucked up, right? We didn't I figure out. I thought he out. was a little less fucked up. He's like, he's like, like... <sighs> the types of wounds that he has are so grievous that like he's general green. Oh my god. So he has extra arms now? Yeah, it's got 10 arms and a million lightsabers. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Sounds like he came out of this battle on top. New DM NPC, he's staying with us forever. <laughs> All right, we're we're going to play this game now. I, I'm cutting I'm cutting us off. Let's begin today's episode of Courts of Crystal. We are flashing back, y'all. We're taking it back. A swaggering hag pushes down a snowy path through ice-ridden woods, dragging two young children in a caged cart pulled by a haggard donkey. And within this cage, a white feathered owlin girl and a lavender-skinned tiefling sit huddled together for warmth, not more than eight years old. So tell us, Daria, when your parents were finally forced to give you up and return for a bargain they made long ago with the Court of Hunger, how did you take it? At first, of course it was scary. But if you know anything about the Court of Hunger, you know that it's a place for people who want more. And I think Daria recognized that her simple, short-sighted parents couldn't possibly give her what she needs. So you sit there, confidently, but cold. It's so much colder here than the Court of Radiance ever was. And this young Owlin, if you don't know what an Owlin looks like, they're basically humanoid owl-type creatures. She swings beneath your cloak a little bit. What do you think they'll do to us? Well, they wouldn't hurt us so badly that we couldn't work, I suppose. That's a blessing in and of itself. Uh, we've been in here for a few days, but I, I guess I was missing home too much and I didn't ask your name. I'm Daria. Who are you? I'm Laurel. Laurel, may I offer you a piece of advice? Sure. Stop shivering. Whether it's because you're cold or you're scared, either way, they'll look at it as weakness. At the Court of Influence, they said hags eat children. Well, they wouldn't bother taking us all this way just to eat us. Let's hope not. 
and we watch as the cart is pulled further through the woods and approaches eventually the hungry mouth of a dark cave. And our view pulls back to reveal as the cart disappears into this mouth of this cave, a huge castle structure carved into the onyx stone of a cliff and ghoulish laughter radiating across the surrounding wood from within. Time passes. The girls are not eaten. Two young women fight in a stony atrium with shafts of light coming in from the far wall. Blades are drawn and they're spawning. Spawning. They're spawning. Uh, <laughs> blades are. That took it in a totally different direction. Uh, blades are drawn. Court of hunger, indeed. Uh, exactly. Mm. <laughs> they're uh, they're sparring. And two hags sit spinning yarn and calling out words of encouragement and challenge and making bets with each other. And one of these girls fighting is a teenage Owlin. But how do we find Daria now at, let's say, the age of 15? Daria very much looks like a smaller, stiffer version of what you would see if you looked at her in present day. Um, her moves are precise. They're calculated. Uh, it's, it's almost as if she's not, like, she's not breaking a sweat going through this. It's, it's literally her going through the motions, holding something back, perhaps so that this at least seems like a fair fight. Well, why don't you go ahead and roll for initiative? Let's just see how this plays out. <laughs> that is 18. All right. Looks like you'll be going first, Daria. Are we fighting with real weapons? Are we fighting with pole arms? Are we fist fighting? How do you think you're fighting in this training scenario? I picture us sort of with, with like, long batons. You know, they wouldn't want us to actually damage ourselves beyond repair or use. I like that. So at this age, we'll say you both have a plus five to your attack rolls and your weapons will do D4 plus two bludgeoning damage with every hit. The first to score 10 hit points of damage will win the bout. I think Daria makes careful note of Laurel's nervous movements, the, the sort of dilating of her eyes and the twitches that she makes before she happens to lunge. Daria sort of circles in an almost predatory manner before with a quick movement, sweeping the legs out from under Laurel and just sort of bapping her on the, the back of the head. Uh, lightly, not hard. Roll me a d20. That's a natural 20. Amazing. Roll me a d4 and double it. That's four. She sort of wiggles underneath the blow. And we do see that there are still remnants of her nervous nature, but there's also a determination in this slightly older Laurel than there was before. And she grins at you as she disappears in a puff of smoke and appears flying above your head and whacks you across the back of it. All right, so that is six damage from Laurel. Dungeon Master. Hmm. Can I use Hellish Rebuke? That's savage, but yes. That will be... That's 11 points of fire damage. But I think I literally just, like, I start singeing the tip of her tail. Enough to distract her, but not, like, not, like, truly, truly inflict harm. I don't, I don't want to kill Laurel. So Laurel has just bapped you on the head with her strike and assumed that she has won. Ha! Gotcha, Daria. Looks like Laurel's queen the sparring ring. That's score one for the court of influence. One of the hags on the side <laughs> clears her throat loudly and says, no, no, take that again. Sorry, Aunt Sybil. It won't happen again. What a victory for the court of hunger. Hooray. <laughs> What's that smell? It smells like burnt feathers. My tail. Ugh, Daria, no fair. 
there is a chattering of laughter that blooms from the two hags watching from the bench over their knitting. Aunt Sybil claps with joy and says, no fair, no fair, la 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 la, that's life, cupcake. Laurel's shoulders slump, now assuming some form of embarrassment at her defeat. But the other hag has her eye on you, and she sits forward, her piercing gray gaze locking you in place. She's got a nest of curly hair filled with sticks and bird shit and bird nests. She's a bird girl. And she grins wolfishly at you. Come closer, child, so Madame Mallory can get a good look at you. I'll step towards the hag and just say sort of quietly and mostly to myself, fights in the real world aren't fair. That is correct. But around here, we have a bit of a set of rules about deals. When we make a pact with someone, we always honor it. You both know that there is to be no spell casting in these bouts. And you agreed to these terms when you began your training. Of course. Now, of course, you weren't the only one to cast a spell, were you, Laurel? And um, Laurel sort of is turning around, patting her backside and trying to pull her, her cloak around her shoulders again. She says, no, I guess I did. I did Misty Step just a little. She says, yes. So I suppose fair is fair if you both cheated on the deal. Well, <laughs> Miss Laurel, I suppose since you've lost and you've certainly lost me my last gold coin for the week, you should get back to the scullery. The floors need washing, the silkworms need tending, the chamber pots need dumping. <laughs> At least you're good for something, Laurel. As she sort of turns to leave, uh, I'll kind of just like reach out after her and just say very quietly, I'll come help you as soon as I'm done. You can see that Laurel is trying to stay mad, but she can't stay mad at you. And her beak parts giving her almost a childlike grin. Fine, but you have to tell the bedtime story tonight. No ghosts. Wouldn't miss it. Madame Mallory's two long fingers find their way to the top of your shoulder, gripping you. Well, darling, it's time to claim your prize, isn't it? Step into my office. I've some skills to teach you. <laughs> and she hands you a knife. And time passes again. Now we see two young women grown standing outside of a scarlet and onyx door. Daria, much as she is today, Laurel's feathers have filled out the scarlet garments of the Airthorn guards. They're just an incredible contrast against the snowy white of her plumes. And now, old enough to be Airthorn guards, the hags outside of their sacred chamber, Laurel and Daria, you press your ears to the door, trying to hear what's going on inside. Laurel's eyes have rolled back white, and she's attempting to detect their thoughts within. I think, I think there's been some kind of summons. Uh, they're being called the, the Court of Radiance. The sisters, they're, they're, I'm feeling something else. They're scared. They're scared for the queen. That can't be right. They're always a little scared for the queen. I mean, we're supposed to protect her, right? If you can be scared and venomous at the same time, I suppose so. <laughs> Well, you know better than anyone that confidence masks fear, Daria. You taught me that on day one. Yes, and yet you still stand here doing your nervous shaking. Clearly, only 50% of the advice I've given you over the years has sunk in. You know if they catch you, you'll be punished. You've been punished more than I have in the last couple of years. 
have gotten sloppy. All the same, it's more than happy to take the whippings for you, but I just would like to not earn quite as many if we can avoid it, please. And I'll sort of tug her back from the door just a little bit. Uh, and she grabs your, your arm and she says, you know, it was supposed to be a punishment for our parents when we were taken here, but I kind of wouldn't have it any other way at this point. Who would we be if we hadn't left home? Well, I would probably be ruling my parents' pathetic little scrap of land, and I don't know, you'd be reading stories to children or sewing dresses. I don't... What is it that you do in the court of... I I never really understood. Well, we're all students from a young age, and the library's tended by uh, people like me, my family, but there are lots of people who study there. Humans, elves, I mean... God, I'm getting bored just listening to you. Probably good you were brought here, you're right. At some point, you're gonna wish that you had my knowledge... You'll be sad about it. Oh, don't be silly. I'll have you with me. Count on it. And as she says, count on it, the doors fly open as thaumaturgy is cast by someone within. And you get a peek of what sits inside. The darkness within the chamber is still a sort of comforting kind of terror. (laughs) Columns of white-veined black marble stretch up to an unseen ceiling above, hovering at the center of the room. There is a swarming collection of red mist surrounded by bright green runes that pulse like a heartbeat. The eyes of the hags peer out at you from within. Laurel, come inside. We have a job for you. Your court calls. She looks shocked. She points at you and then back at her. And they say, Laurel, you come inside. And she looks at you apologetically and begins to walk forward through the doors. It looks as if Daria is taking a a step to just sort of subconsciously follow Laurel but halfway through the motion it's as if Daria sort of catches herself and turns back at attention to to her post and you feel the force of the doors slamming shut behind you just behind your back and you're left there alone and unchosen And thank you for listening to Hearthsinger Tales. If you would like to support our show, please go ahead and give us a rating and review on your preferred platform of podcasting choice. And if you're interested in supporting us further, you can check out the Hearthsinger Games Patreon. Subscriptions there will get you access to sign up for games run by me when available. You'll get early access to episodes and other types of behind the scenes content. So please join us over there. And a special thanks to all of our patrons who make this show possible. All right, let's get back into it. We return to the present. All of you stand in the 
desecrated <laughs> court of influence towering within this tree as the distant sounds of fighting or those scurrying to find a place to hide, running from who knows what, are just outside of your sphere of understanding exactly what's going on in here. But you know one thing, this place has been under attack and you've got a job to do. So, how would you like to proceed? Daria sort of clutching one of the open wounds at her side will sort of turn to, I know Brock is like right there, um, but she'll turn towards Pandora and Endo and go, well, the Court of Influence is certainly more exciting than I'd ever given it credit for. Um, <clears throat> is it always like this? I wouldn't know. So none of you have ever been here before? No. Kind of almost like under her breath and like turning away. Pandarga's once. Do we go this way? Do you want to elaborate on that or are we just going to leave it in the air? Um, I came here when I first arrived at the Feywild. Arrived at the Feywild? Are you not from here? Did my looks not give it away? Oh, I don't judge people by the way that they look, my dear. You know, I wouldn't speak to anyone. You came here when you first arrived. Do you know, is there some sort of librarian or um, head nerd that we should really <laughs> try and track down? Head nerd! I arrived here, but was quickly shuffled off to the summer court. So I don't really know. So I'm going to venture a guess that you don't really know. There's not. You don't happen to know if there's anywhere around here to eat or what the nightlife is like or you know if there's. We should probably find a doctor for Chad first, don't you think? I mean, he's rather in rough shape. Well, on the way, on the way, on the way. But I'm saying we could make the one efficient trip, perhaps. Uh, maybe. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, what sort of. Well, if there's something better that this place has to offer than what we are looking at. And did uh, Nivian, like, have any of those habits, like, um, stopping by, a, like, a tavern or mm. anything like that? Yeah, why not? Pandora's, like, ears kind of flattened back just a little bit, like, maybe just a touch of, like, shame. Daria leans in closer, clearly more interested. <laughs> You said your brother, his name is Nevin. Yes, but that's not really related to what I'm confused. When I first got here, he did exactly what you just did. How about uh, we back up just maybe one or two steps uh, because it seems like you are implying or perhaps I'm incorrectly inferring that you knew my brother. Pandora takes like a half step kind of angling like she could step behind Daria maybe if the need arose. I did. He brought me here. Here? Why? I hate to interrupt but do you think we could perhaps get out of the battle zone before we have this terrible conversation that will undoubtedly end in bloodshed? Daria's gonna say this while sort of just like Brock is still in his badger form, right? He's still in beast mode, right? Brock is gone. Oh, great. Cool. His badger form has dropped because he can't maintain that out of battle. Whilst this whole conversation was going and making him incredibly uncomfortable, Brock has started to wander off. He's trying to get a little closer to where the sounds of battle are coming from. Following the logic, he wants to try to figure out where the largest area of conflict is, since his brain is firing connections like, well, if Mistress Doria wants to try and find what would be the uh, the Ed nerd, I would assume that that is probably where the biggest fighting is happening, because that's more likely what they're trying to track down to. So if I can figure out where that is, then that might be where we need to go. Why don't you roll a perception check for me? It's a dice roll with the, the fancy new handmade Brock dice. Mm. Yay! <laughs> Diana made us all special dice. That's, um, uh, that would be a dirty 20. 
Dirty 20, baby. I'll tell you all about what the sounds of battle are coming from with a roll like that. Damn. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, no, please. <laughs> Let's get to the check. So, Brock, you're a natural 20. <laughs> you're dirty 20, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop being weird. <laughs> okay. It has told you that while you've seen the evidence of battle from the broken floating discs to the smoke that was wafting through the slats of the balcony into the atrium to the sounds of, you know, pitter-patter of little feet or flutters of wings as people try to move away from the violence that's occurring in this mage tree tower place. The biggest noises, the most concentrated battle is coming from all the way up at the top near the crystal stained glass dome. And you notice that the interlocking runic bands in this domed ceiling are thrumming in reaction to the sounds of battle, breathing with it, reacting to it. He's going to stay out there, just keep an eye on things, and he's just going to stay out here until they're done. You hear a buzzing at your side, and the corgi-sized Malachi Mordecai, the dragonfly, uh, has dragged Chad to your side. Oh, dear, yes. (coughs) Excuse me. It wouldn't be too much trouble. I'm dying. I mean, not actively, but I don't feel good. Um, maybe, maybe y'all should just leave me here with with Malachi, and we'll just like be the the people who send messages if something bad happens. Insight check. <laughs> yeah, go that's for a, it. That's it. Yes, he suddenly wants to be left alone. That's uh, that's twenty one. He seems honest. He seems mostly just like you trace his eyes and he's looking towards the ceiling and he just seems kind of scared that you're focused on going where the action is. He's not interested in that. <laughs> or don't you worry, Lord Chadamus. We're uh, the third. I'm sorry. We're going to, we're, we I assume are probably going to be going up there, but you're in absolutely no condition to be coming with us. So That is right. I am in no condition. And I mean no disrespect, but... Uh, you look well. I look well? Uh, I'm pretty sure that... No, I'm pretty sure that part isn't supposed to be sticking out like that. That doesn't look right. Oh, so, my bones! My beautiful bones! Yes, no. Yeah, I, I think more of that... I, I admit I may not be the most perceptive person at times, but I'm relatively certain most of them were on the inside when we met you. So, yeah, I don't think that's supposed to be there. Malachi! What have you done to my bones? Malachi just looks at you with the most withering sigh. Oh, yeah, no, here, let me, oh, oh, let me get that for you. Pick that back up and we'll just put (laughs) that there and I'm sure they can reattach that later. Oh my God. Oh man, in my mind, he was just like, oh no, I'm I'm bleeding. But now I'm just like, he's in several pieces and I'm ready to yes and you. (laughs) Yeah, he looks, he looks down. He's like, oh, I guess. They say that that we're evolving past the need for pinkies, but maybe maybe I'll be able to figure out a way to keep mine. He sort of holds it in one hand, hopefully. If not, maybe they'll be able to graft it onto the other one. You can have one really long one. That might be that might be <laughs> nice. You could be a trendsetter. I've always wanted to be a trendsetter. Oh, she there yeah. you go. Uh, now, yes, now Malachi, you take take him somewhere safe. Uh, you guys are gonna want to go up to the, the the stacks to to do your research. Um, you're just gonna have to go up a oh, couple levels. That... Not not like all the way oh, up there, but like maybe like uh, I think three levels up there might be some kind of directory if you could look for it. Uh, they got a a, a do decibel system. Right. Okay. No, I've I've heard of that. It's the 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 one with two noises, right? The the duo decibels. Yes, I've heard of that. That's we can make that work. Well, technically, it's like uh, they got morning dew, and when you make the right sound, it it like hobbles off. It's like sentient dew, and it goes and it finds you the right book. No, I've I've, I've heard of that type of dew. I've, I, you found it up a mountain initially. <laughs> I think that's where they came from. That's yes. No, we I, right. And, and now, where would we be able to find? The uh, the Ed Librarian or the the Ed Nerd to use Mistress Doria's terminology. 
<laughs> I never came up with a name for the head nerd. So, uh... You can just call them head nerd, darling. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, nerdy birdie. Nerdy birdie. Roy, that makes sense. I, I understand that. If I had to guess, he would be up in the council chambers protecting the center of the court. But who am I? Just a little shit heel with a double pinky. But tell me <laughs> if it's nice in there, man, because I've always wanted to go. No, I'm, I'm sure it will be absolutely lovely. And I'm sure you you employ yourself and you'll make it to the council eventually, I'm certain. That's, you're very nice. Why are you traveling with the, 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 those guys? They, I mean, they're nice, right? But you're very, you're very sweet. Well, they've been nothing but nice to me. That's what I stick with there. They've been, they're, not a lot of people are nice to me, but they've been very nice to me. So I appreciate that. Why are people nice to you? You pick up people's way, way fallen pinkies and you, you put them on their pets and you just, you put me in your pocket. I mean, you seem nice enough. Oh, we appreciate that. It's, it's, that's why I'm still here. That may be a conversation for another time, perhaps. But that's, I think, this is more of a nice, a nice chat over a cup of tea, where perhaps when you're, you're a bit more in fewer pieces. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is like a conversation for the Patreon supporters, and uh, you know we'll save it for that. <laughs> um, amazing. Oh my god. Love love a fourth wall. Never heard of her. Amazing. How bad does Daria look right now? Well, so here's the thing: she wears a lot of like red, so that you can't really tell. Yeah. With a keen sense of smell, you probably smell the iron of her blood right now. When Daria says we should, like, keep going, Pandora turns around and says, yes, you're right, uh, and kind of touches the snake, which shrinks down back into a staff, which she picks up. There's a sort of breeze that comes down from Pandora and you see just the faint kind of glimmer that swirls around you, Daria, as she uses some of her fey energy pool to give you six hit points back. Oh, and one temporary. Excellent. She does it almost kind of like trying to not really have it be noticed. Could I do a perception check to see if I note where the better feelings came from? I think you would just, if you were curious and you weren't like not paying attention, you would see that it's coming from her. Yeah, Endo's definitely, like, still abandoned at the side of the bombing and uh, <laughs> trying to process this information while the two of you are moving forward. So it's pretty obviously not Endo. Daria's going to sort of, like, straighten her collar and roll her shoulders for a second. and She'll give you a look, Pandora, before turning to Endo and saying, Endo, darling. Yes, I understand that there's uh, some sort of big family issue that you and Pandora are going to have to work out. But for right now, do you think that perhaps we could just get what we came to come here for and then leave? Because being around so many books makes me awfully nervous. I I don't. Um, I'm just. I, I'm, of course, perfectly able to function. I do not understand why there is some assumption that I mean any ill will towards this individual who has chosen to keep this secret, but I am more than capable. Darling, I'm going to sort of like, just with a finger under the chin, direct your attention back to me and say, though I do love it when you're flustered because you blush so prettily, I think there are bigger issues that we need to handle right now, and then I'll help you myself. How does that sound? I'm going to very gingerly, like fingernails first, uh, meet your palm that's upstretched, you know, stretched up towards my face. And for a moment, interlock our fingers. And there is a warmth in the touch that is not at all matched by this icy kind of expression. It sounds a bit like you are making promises you may not be able to keep. I'll give her <laughs> hand a squeeze and I'll step around and kind of wander off in the direction that Brock, I assume, disappeared. I'm assuming he went forward and not backwards. You head off, you meet up with Brock, who is sort of staring upwards from inside of this little alcove off of a small ha hallway. What are the next steps? How are you guys going to manage to get from here up to the next level and beyond? About how far apart is each 
Each floor is about 15 feet. Some are higher than others, but this first one could probably be climbed or you might, uh, if you wanted to roll like an arcana check on the elevator, you might be able to repair it. <laughs> LOL. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you could also, you could also climb. <sighs> well, I don't have any bright ideas. I did not understand. I would have worn different shoes if I had known this was going to be so physical. Um, does anybody have any ideas? Well, we can't say we didn't give it a good shot. I mean, go back to the Court of Radiance and just... I love the idea that you were literally sent on a quest to save your world and you're like, I didn't know this would be so physical. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they were going to ask us to do this much work. If any of you are more magically inclined or able to repair the, the elevator, that is probably our easiest option. But if not... Or I'm happy to see if I can get my way up there and I can lower down a rope and uh, haul the rest of you up. I mean, if somebody's offering to carry me, I'm not going to say no. Is that what's happening here? Well, yes, to a certain extent. I mean, I can try to call up with you on my back if that's what you prefer, but I was volunteering to climb up and then I could lower a rope down for you and lift you up that way, whichever you're more comfortable with, I suppose, Mistress Endo. I can help you get up at least one person. Magically. I mean, I hate to be a bother. Whatever you think is easier. Oh, no, no bother at all. Uh, I will, if you bear with me just one moment. Oh, uh, yes, uh, Pandora, you said you had some way to help me up? So while this conversation was happening and kind of just almost like feeling Endo's agitation, she went from trying to kind of like, oh, I can help you, Brock, to just kind of taking a step to the side and touching her chest at the tail end of the conversation, you turn back to Pandora and she just jumps. She casts jump on herself and triple jump distance is up to hopefully just do what Brock was saying he was going to do. So you look up to climb Brock and Pandora's just sitting up there chilling. <laughs> oh, well, uh, we suppose that works too. I start rolling down a rope. <laughs> well, that's handy. If that's the way it's going to be, then yes, Mistress Endo, if you uh, would be comfortable getting onto my back and uh, just get a good grip and I'll just shimmy us up this rope here. Roll an athletics check with disadvantage because you're carrying Endo. <laughs> I am going to cast Guidance. So as I like tighten my arms around your neck, I'll cast Guidance. The best hug. Okay, I think the Guidance is probably going to help the literal least I can do. There was an 18 and a 4, <laughs> but this is okay because that's still that is still an 11 total. Oh, God. Because plus 3 on the guidance and plus 5 for athletics for Brock, so. Meanwhile, Daria is not even near us. Incroyable. <laughs> it's a little bit embarrassing at first because you are struggling to get a, just going from standing on the ground to just kind of like a straight climb upward with somebody on your back, but... It's actually very impressive that you make it up there. Oh, he's entirely thrown off by having just Endo in physical contact with him is completely throwing his off. He's like, nope, great, right. He's just muttering to himself the entire way up. Like, right, let's get this going. This is we're going to be fine. We just got to keep focused, get her up there. It's going to be totally normal. Everything is totally <laughs> fine. Or, and up oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've like tied it uh, to this like, post or something and as you get up to the top i just kind of reach out my arm to help whether endo off your back first or brock to like whatever makes more sense and just gonna pull y'all up so you all arrive up on the second floor take a deep breath and go shit and then look down and daria's just standing down there well yeah he's gonna brock is going to hop down to uh to, to go and Fetch. I was going to repair the elevator while they were arguing about who was carrying who. <laughs> okay, actually, I love that. So while these three heroes are playing, let's look at a wall and try to figure out how to get up it, Daria has a different challenge in mind. All right, go ahead and roll me that arcana check. 16. Daria, you wander over to the disc that had clattered to the ground when you first entered the atrium and you flip it over, like looking at both sides. You notice that there's this pattern of repeating arcane runes on the back of it. And some sort of blast has destroyed part of that pattern. You think that with a little work, you could sort of 
bend the dented part into place and scratch in the missing runes that have been burnt off. That's the thing I'd like to try and do, please. You smash your boot heel down into the dented part a few times, sort of hammering it into place. You whip out one of your knives and carefully just holding, bracing the disc against your leg, scratch in the pattern. And as you round the curve on the final rune, you hear just a whirring sensation as one by one, the crackling energy that had been staunched is finally able to connect its way all around. You almost feel a gravitational pull drawing this thing away from you and you sort of let it go and it, with a preternatural wind that blows your hair back away from your face, just begins to hover in front of you. Excellent. (laughs) And I will proceed up to the next floor. Welcome to the Court of Influence. Oh, that's pretentious. We are heading to floor one. On floor one, you can find the cafeteria. You can also find the Hall of Masks. Uh, Agent. (laughs) You just said agent? Representative. Representative. (laughs) Hello. Oh, God. Thank you for calling a representative of the Court of Influence. How may I service this call today? Please just take me up one floor. One floor. First floor. Oh, my fucking God. On the first floor, you can find the cafeteria down the hall to the left. Like, it just keeps kindly telling you all of the things that you can find. Is there is there a button? Are there buttons in this magical fucking elevator? Just start mashing the zero button. I mean, you can destroy it <laughs> and then it won't talk anymore. Does the weird, annoying court of influence lady say anything about going up? Floor two. I hear that you have commanded me to take you to floor two. What is the password? Just kidding, and like begins taking you. <laughs> Do I have anything with which I could create graffiti? I mean, why not? I don't care if that's if that's fun. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So I would love to just like pull out my ink and on the the wall of this magical arcane elevator, I'll I'll sort of draw this big circle that looks like it's full of teeth. <laughs> With a DV and a very sort of like fancy script inside of it. Ah, an anger emoji. I have heard of this from a far off world. The far off world section can be found on floor six. Is that where you would like to go? Are we approaching floor two right now? Like, are we there? Yeah. Great. So I'm just going to use some of my inherent infernal fire um, and just sort of mash the buttons on my way out the door to melt the thing I just fixed. Thank you for calling. Like, (laughs) just, and then it just clatters to the ground below, making quite a loud clatter. That had nothing to do with the attack. Somebody just broke that because they were sick of it. Listen, you could have asked it where the planar magic section was and just gotten there, but you got mad at the elevators, so I guess you'll never know. <laughs> Stupid elevator lady. <laughs> I have some good news and some bad news, my friends. Um, the good news is that I managed to fix the elevator. The bad news is that it's sadly now damaged beyond repair. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, that was broken from before all of this. I did everything I could. <laughs> According to Lord Chathamus III, there we can, there's areas where we might be able to do some research just a little bit further up. But if we were going to look for the uh, the Ednerd, as you so delicately put it, Mistress Daria, uh, they are most likely to be up top where the council chambers are, and that is where most of the fighting is coming from. Oh, so the elevator would have been... Um... Well, I mean, we're here, so we should go, right? I mean, we're almost there. Oh, do well... I, I suppose I still have a little bit of fight left in me, you know, if we're all feeling up to it. And there's no chance that you can fix that elevator that you... Oh, no, it's uh, it's been cursed. So you say the elevator is cursed. 
those of you looking at Daria, especially <clears throat> Endo with your observant feet, you are able to see beyond Daria's shoulder to the other side of the atrium. So the balcony that you're on wraps all the way around this sort of circular structure of this mage tower tree. And on the other side, you see sort of a glowing elevator that looks very similar to the one that Daria just cast to the ground. That made a lot of noise, so perhaps we should move whichever direction. I'm sorry, are you upset about something? Because you seem to be pushing everyone's buttons ever since we got here. I think that might be what happened to the elevator, Mr. Daria. <laughs> so I didn't pay attention to the little electronic lady. What is on this floor in terms of books? Yes, DM, remember the thing you just said off the top of your head. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> it was the hall of masks in the cafeteria. Chris Gideon coming in hot with them note-taking skills. Good on you. Could I do anything to like, I don't know, research like a lineage for Endo or something? Just to, you know, off the cuff. Floor one is cafeteria and the hall of masks. They said something about the other world section of the library being on floor six. You could ask the other elevator, but on floor two, they never got to say it because you melted it before they <laughs> could say. Is there a plaque that's like at the entrance to where Daria stepped out, like on floor two, that gives its contents that if I were to like jump up floors, I could just kind of quickly scan what's on these floors and also potentially get away from everybody else? <laughs> MVP Pandora. Yes, you are in a library. Libraries, in fact, have directories, and we have already heard mention of the due decibel system. So if you are curious, why don't you have a look around? Pandora just turns and says, I'll find out what floor it's on, and just jumps, because it's I have that jump for a minute, so I'm just going to keep jumping up. Amazing. So you jump and jump and jump. You get to floor three. It's there's there's nothing going on there. It's very dark on that floor. You actually do see a few bodies there as well. Um, it's very unsettling. And you jump to floor four and you come as you land, you see a cloak disappearing behind a corner as if like running to hide from you. The so as soon as the kind of like I, I see the bodies get reminded and like the noise and everything, I'm going to start trying to go quietly roll a stealth check. Do you want to try and figure out what that thing is or just avoid it? I also absolutely want to... Does it look familiar? Was it the one that attacked me also wearing a cloak? Some people just wear cloaks. It's... I, w I just... I don't want you to fall into the... I mean, cloaks are pretty common, but I'm going to try to find every, you know, every cloak I see. Does it look familiar? <laughs> Do I know this person? Are they my mother? Uh, no, it's just a cloak. Uh, you don't know enough about it because it like just disappeared around a corner. It looked to be like a blue cloak. 13th in stealth. And then I will kind of like eye over to where the movement was narrow my eyes i want to be careful can i make a sort of general perception check to follow after this but keep an eye if there is also an idea of what's on this floor yeah go ahead and make a perception check 16 so you sort of pad quietly along these sort of wooden hallways you kind of peer around the corner into that hallway where the thing went and you see a plaque right above your head that says dormitories this way sparring chambers this way there are cl several classrooms listed as well it like has an arrow up and it lists several sections of the library but they said that they, it says do decibel console available on floor five okay as you consider this directory there's a rustle behind you and then very quick manufactured silence and you turn and you see at the far end of this hallway of dormitories, there seems to be like a table. And as you squint into the darkness, you note there seems to be a huddled form flattened under the table. In the small amount of that blue light that's still pouring in from the atrium, you just see the shine of a beak and two great yellow eyes widening as they realize that they are being perceived by you. 
can I make an insight to see if it's like a hostile or scared sort of like... Yeah, go for it. 15 plus 7. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know the entire world's intent. No, but you, you <laughs> sense that this creature is afraid. They are actively trembling. You see the vibration of, of white feathers freckled with little bits of gray and black. This is the coloration of a snowy owl. And as you both take each other in and no one makes a move forward to do harm to the other, this owlin sticks her neck out. She squints at you, the large saucers of yellow eyes becoming flat anime <laughs> pinpricks of distrust. You're not one of them, are you? I sort of crouch. No. Are you hurt? I'm not hurt. I'm Lyra. Hello, Lyra. Are you hurt? No, not. I'm fine, but some of us are. Do you need to get to safety? Well, I came down here to provide safety for the students, but I haven't found any, and I... Oh, I'm so worried about them. Uh, my father is the head of the, the council. Ah. Professor Birdie? The students call him Nerdy Birdie. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but... Oh, he'll be so disappointed. I don't know. Maybe they got out. Maybe they're together somewhere. Maybe I just haven't found them yet, right? They're resourceful. They're students at the Arcane Academy, at the Court of Influence. They're, they're capable of anything they set their minds to, right? <sighs> Do you know what's going on here? It all started downstairs in the teleportation hallway. The golem started sounding the alarms and a few mages went down to see what it was. And before they could do anything, they were overrun. Some of the survivors said that it was a gate to the Nine Hells. That fiends had just poured in from another plane. They did something to the other gates. When we called for help, warriors from the other courts said they, they didn't think they could get in. Something was wrong with the magic connecting us. They all have to come on foot. They won't make it in time. Meanwhile, the fiends have been climbing, killing, savaging everything in their wake. I think they're trying to get upstairs. The council chambers have direct access to the center of the grove. My father, the circle, they're powerful mages, but I don't know if they can do it on their own. How long ago did they arrive? An hour, an hour and a half. In the chaos, it seems like they've been rounding people up and either killing them or trying to get information from them. There was this Harringan with this huge axe with red runes on it and she was leading a few of them and they had someone in chains with them. I think it was an Aladrin. Tall, very good looking. He did not look happy to be here. Pandora just kind of looks around You'd be safer with the rest of us. Come. All right. I'm coming. Does she look like she can hold her own? Yeah. What would be the easiest way to get her down to the floors with us? She can fly. Great. I'll jump down and <laughs> bid her follow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine the entire time you've been gone, we've probably been continuing our way up since we don't know where you went. And we know we got to get to the top. So I imagine we probably meet on... As you're coming out of wherever you're coming out of. Just as these two come out of that hallway, you all land on the stairway landing there. And Daria, you are looking at someone who is every much the picture of your friend Laurel, and yet is somehow not. Anyone was looking at Daria right now. Her facial expression isn't going to change too much. If you really knew her, you might see her eyes widen just a little. Instinctively, her hand is going to fly up to grasp one of her many necklaces and just sort of play with something that's hanging on a chain there. Surprise, you're all there. I was like, ah, I found this one. She has more information. Are you here to, to help? That depends on the information you have to provide. Well, this is my home, and I would be happy to guide you to whatever you're looking for. Unfortunately, we're under attack right now, so the Court of Influence isn't really 
set up to serve as well as it might otherwise have been. But we can do our best. If you could like hold off the hordes of forces, I can just do some book reading. It'll be great. <laughs> do you know who it is that is attacking your home? Do you know how many in number? Like what are we dealing with here? All I know is that there are a lot of them, maybe too many to count for someone like me. I, I've never been through this before. They've been all over the court in all of our different branches of the tree. And their leader was a Harringen woman, which was surprising because I, I don't know if there's a relationship between Harringen and, and fiends. I thought they were with us, but this one had a big axe with red runes and a prisoner in chains. Did she have a tremendous accent? She really did. Did it have brown fur? Yes. You know what I'm asking, Dungeon Master. You know what I'm asking. <laughs> I don't know, Daria. Who do you think that BBEGB? Brock and Endo Darlings. Um, do you do you happen to remember Captain Odia? I do, yes. Um uh, yes. Oh. Oh dear. Oh dear. Um mm. Balls! <laughs> we got got. <laughs> <laughs>